Welcome to the show. You're welcome to my show. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad, glad, to I'm, glad, you here. I'm glad to have you here. It's really good to have you at my show. Well, I had the best experience ever today. I found a gluten-free French bakery here in Barcelona and I had the best desserts of my life. I had a donut, I had a chocolate croissant and it was unbelievable. So I'm very happy. And look, um, I agree. I ate way too much. So that's why I've closed my window now, but I've eaten way too much. But we don't but get these opportunities in look, Australia. The deal but we is... we do get a lot of other opportunities. Yeah. Like property investing opportunities. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So we're here in Barcelona. It's a beautiful evening. We're on our balcony. As you can nice see, the church behind us. And we wanted to talk a little bit about property investing. Our favourite topic. Yeah. Look, we like talking about property investing because that's what we do. The property market outlook for 23 and 24. Is it going to be a boom? Is it going to be a bust? We're going to explain it to you right now. These are the factors that are involved. One, we've got interest rates that are going up. A lot of people are worried about that. But not only that, those really low rates that were locked in have now ended. Do you think we'll ever see those low, like, 1%, 2% interest rates ever again? Yes, absolutely. 100%. That's good news. Yeah. Look, um, interest rates um, at the moment are still low compared to the average over the last 40 years. Everyone seems to think that they're quite high. That's because they're used to a lot lower, I guess. And it all depends on, like, where you're putting the perspective. The deal is, I suppose, you know, if you... Um, how would I say this? Um, it's all about comparison, right? Yeah. Um, that's what it is. If you're in Antarctica and then you go into a sauna, it's going to be really hot. <laughs> but in Bali... It's extreme. It's not yeah. going to be extreme. Yeah. Now, the fact of it is, because we've been used to so low interest rates, mm -hmm. the temperature's a bit high at the moment, but it's not really... Especially in Sydney and Melbourne. So the average property in Sydney is one million. The average wage is eighty thousand. So you got to you it's see a big gap there. Big gap. It'd be very hard for a lot of people to even get started and get into the market. So how are people ever going to even get started when property prices are so high right now? You know, you might be thinking it's impossible to get started, right? And if you thought that, yes. If you just go out and just buy a property, a normal property with a normal structure, for normal wage, it's impossible. You're not, not going to happen. What you need to do is you can't buy a normal property with a normal structure, a normal wage. What you need to do is if you've got the normal wage, you need a really good property with the right structure in order to afford it. So can people get started? Look, I would say at the moment is probably one of the easiest times ever to get started in property if you do it right. Fascinating. That's because I know the secret formula. Yeah. Right? And whenever there's a crisis, there's always an opportunity. That's right. So you've got to see the opportunity. That's right. But so, then also know what to do to take advantage of the situation. Yes. But um, what's happening in 23-24? Tell me. 2023-24. Is it going to be boom? Is it going to be bust? It's going to be both. Right. What's going to happen is... People getting the wrong property are going to be busting. Of course. Because they're always busting, yeah. and that's what's going to happen. Because what most people do, they buy the wrong property, it costs them more than they expect, they haven't done a cash flow calculator, it's not top 200, so it's not going up in value, and nothing's happening. They've got problems with the property, and they keep spending more, and each week they spend more, and then finally they've had enough of spending money, and they sell it for a loss. Two-thirds of people do this. Right. One-third of people make money in property. Partly our group, but also people that buy property 
and keep it and do whatever it takes to hold on to it. You don't make money out of selling property. So what are some key things that people who want to win with property investing in 2023 and 2024 can do right now to make sure that they succeed? There's only two things you need to do. Number one, buy a property in the top 200 suburbs. Right. Don't just buy in any suburb. Buy in, a, buy in a suburb that's got a massive demand and very lack of supply. You're looking for big demand, low supply, big demand, low supply, that's it. Number two, make sure you structure it right and make sure you can afford it. That's all. Okay. That's only two things you need, nothing else. Yeah. A job, a bit of equity or money as well, comes yeah. in handy. Doesn't hurt. Yeah, but we're getting 1.5 million people coming to Australia in the next four or five years. Immigration. Immigration. That's like building a brand new Perth or a brand new Brisbane in the next five years. Now, how long do they take to build these cities? Long time. Usually years and Imagine years. trying to build a Brisbane in the next five years. Now, even though we've got a population explosion and a rental crisis without enough property, approvals for brand new properties has gone down 72%. Is that government regulated, obviously, no, with like government no, approving no, developments? No, 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 no. People aren't getting, there's no builders doing anything. No builders building. So there's no builders building, there's no builders looking for new customers because they're all going broke. So therefore, no one can buy any property. So What's the biggest reason builders are going broke right now, George? Um, cash flow. Cash they're going flow. broke. Because what's happened is builders had fixed price contracts. They're like, yeah. I'm going to build this property. I've got 50,000 profit. Yeah. Nice, tidy profit. You can do that every day of the week and make yeah. money, right? Mm -hmm. You're laughing. You sell as many as you want, right? As long as you can keep up. And that's what they're doing. You know, here's 50 grand. Here's another house here. This one's a smoking house. Got a little chimney at the top. <laughs> another 50 grand, right? And they're like, count them up. Yeah. 10 houses, half a million dollars. Mm -hmm. 20 houses, a million dollars. Beautiful. Yeah. Now, suddenly, you know, this cost them um, 150,000 to make, mm -hmm. but they're going to charge you 200,000 for it. It's a fixed price. So if price go up a little bit, they're making 50, so it doesn't matter. If it costs the extra three grand, it doesn't matter. It's easy to sign people up, fixed price, because people don't want a contract that's negotiable, because yep. then they feel they're going to get ripped off of the builder. Right. So they have to put an extra margin in to keep themselves safe. Then what happened when COVID? Mm -hmm. COVID stopped shipping globally mm -hmm. and created a supply problem. Now, so COVID was really the catalyst of triggering off all the domino effect absolutely. in the building industry massive, with what's massive. happened in Australia. Yeah. So we always talk about demand and supply, right? Yes. Demand supply, if you talk about capitalism, there's only one thing you can talk about. That's demand supply. That's how it all runs. So everything runs on demand supply. Now, if suddenly I'm a builder and I need to build this property, but there's no ships coming to Australia, what's going to happen to the supply? It's not going to be there. No, but then when there's no supply, what happens to demand? Goes up. Goes up again. Goes up. When demand goes up, what happens to the price of that product? Goes up. Boom. There we go. So that's what happened. We had a supply chain issue, which created more demand. We had less supply and prices went through the roof. And then suddenly, this property costs now, instead of $150,000, $210,000 to build, but I'm charging $200,000. I'm spending all this time and losing ten grand, 
Then now I've, I've built 20 properties, I've lost 200,000, I'll go broke. So do you think the rationale behind the whole putting interest rates up is to put the handbrake on the lack of supply that's happening? No, no. And okay. slow down demand? No, no, no. So yeah, this is the funny thing. So they, they put interest rates up to create a handbrake on the economy to slow prices going up. That's exactly what I just said. But prices didn't go up because of extra I demand. I know, it didn't happen they, because They of went that. up because of lack of supply. So when you got more demand, you can use interest rates to put a handbrake on it. Yeah. When you've got no supply, it doesn't help. It's not going to work. doesn't help yeah. because they haven't fixed the supply problem. No. So what the RBA should have done mm -hmm. is get more ships going from China to Australia. And we would have, that would have fixed the problem. That's what the problem with inflation was. But also, you know who created the inflation in the first place? Who? The Reserve Bank created it. They, they set it all up. They did it themselves. And they were in cahoots with the rest of the banks. The world banks worldwide got together and decided to create inflation together. I don't know why. Maybe a few of their friends are billionaires because they made a lot of money out of this. But that's what happened. Trillionaires, actually. So what happened was um, the, the, the American... Reserve Bank put the interest rates down and started printing crazy dollars. The European Central Bank started doing the same thing. Every central bank started doing it. We didn't need to in Australia, but we followed suit and started printing wow. like crazy. They got those printing presses going bang, and we were printing, you know, $5 billion every week and putting it into the economy. Wow. Now, think about this. You know, if you think about inflation and you've got a certain amount of dollars here, if you pile more dollars on top, what's happening? Growing. And they kept pushing up. And I told people this. I said, look, they're printing like crazy. What's going to happen if that's going to drive inflation? Not only that, it's going to drive hard assets. Because yeah. when, there's, when they print money... Property keeps going up. And why it's a does hard it keep asset. Money? Yes, but what happens to money in the bank? Goes down. It shrinks. It's worth less. That's right. Because it's not so, in the asset So growing. what happens, and this happens all the time, um, the world goes through... Inflation, then a cycle of deflation, inflation, deflation. It's a circle. Keeps happening, yeah. And what happens is people that save all their money, they're all saving all their money, and then the world goes through inflation, and what it does, it just takes all their savings away completely. Right? But the bank but is then, the worst then what place happens, you can have so, money. So what happens is the Reserve Bank prints all this money, takes all people's money, spending power gone. They've worked their whole lives. All their money becomes half the money. Then what happens is with deflation, yeah. there's even worse, people in their pension funds, their pension drops. So on one side, they hit your bank account, take all your money. On the other side, they hit your retirement fund, take all your money, and everyone ends up broke. And That's the rich really keep getting sad, richer, actually. and the yeah. poor get poorer. The only way to avoid this is to become a sovereign individual, right? And not be in the matrix, and not be a puppet, and not have a government pension, not a government pension, a superannuation as your only supply and not have money in the bank. The way out of this is having hard assets. Investments. Because they insulate you and protect you from inflation, from the big corporations and from the Reserve Bank and the government's trying to steal your money. There you go. The government are trying to create plans for this immigration to try to house people and fix the housing crisis. And the Greens have come up with a great policy. What they're going to do is they're going to get rid of negative gearing and then use that money to buy, build 5,000 houses a year. That's not enough, though. Oh, shit. We've got 1.5 million people coming. 5,000 a year? 
It doesn't add up. They can't do math. <laughs> That's what the government's going to do. Unfortunately, the only people that have solved this problem is us property investors. Mm, yeah. With 1.5 million people coming here, mm -hmm. for every three immigrants, you need one house, one dwelling. So if you've got, you got 1.5 million immigrants, that means we need 500,000 houses. But building approvals are down 72% compared to before COVID. Yeah, so that's what I asked you earlier about the approval by the council and the no, government. No, the approval, no, no. Approval by people approving their loans and getting building approvals. Ah, oh, so it's nothing to do with no, government. No, 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 no. No, approval no, no, or no, council no, no. approval with getting the plans just, approved to build. No, no, no. Because they can't get the loans from the banks. Can't get loans from the banks. To do the project. Yes. Aha. Uh -huh. We can't get the builders or the loans. So building the building pipeline's gone. Right. Disappeared. Down. Yeah. So even the buildings that were getting built before COVID mm. haven't been built. No. A lot of them no, fell through. They haven't been. They haven't been built. They said, "Fork it. I'm not doing it anymore." Yeah. So we're going to have massive strain on rentals on places for people to live. It's actually scary because I'd hate Australia to end up like America where there's all these people in the street.